From Hanover, New Hampshire, I'm Lee Coffin, Dartmouth's Dean of Admissions and Financial Aid. Welcome to the Admissions Beat. Part of discovery that every junior negotiates as a search gets going is this moment of self-reflection that I have come to call an existential selfie. And by that, I mean, take a look at yourself and think about what are the factors that matter to me and write those down and then try and make some sense of them. What is the order of magnitude for each? Is one more or less important than the other? Are they all equally important? But the real question in this existential selfie is, who am I and what matters to me? And the answer to those two questions help you identify options. And so for today's episode, we are revisiting an episode from last year uh, called Take an Existential Selfie, where I had a conversation with four first-year students at Dartmouth about their journey from high school through their search to their first year in Hanover. They were charming and thoughtful and lovely. And so when we come back, we're going to meet four sophomores uh, who were speaking to us from the spring of their first year of college. I think you'll find the conversation illuminating, earnest, and hopefully helpful as you hear what mattered to them in high school, how things shifted, and what their first months on campus uh, added to their understanding of what should have been priorities when they were making their list and starting to explore. So when we come back, we'll meet the four of them and revisit one of my favorite conversations from last year. Okay, so... On today's episode, four members of the Dartmouth class of 26, and I've instructed them this is not about how they chose Dartmouth. It's about how their search started to get organized a couple of years ago. So alphabetically, let me introduce them to you. And I'm also going to give you a little blurb they have posted on our blog site as a way of introducing themselves and the stories they share to our audience. So first up is Andrea Agola. Uh, she was born in Kenya and raised just outside D.C. And she writes, as the oldest of three, I was the first to go to college. And she's excited to explore the fusion of sciences and the humanities, thinking about a pre-med track with biomedical engineering and global health as possible major minors. So, Andrea, hello. Thanks for joining us on the Admissions Beat. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to get into it. Yeah. And tell me just as we meet you, where did you go to high school? I went to Robinson Secondary School in Burke, Virginia. And so that was both a middle and high school. Okay. So you were in so broadly suburban Virginia outside DC yes. is where you, okay, great. Next up is Garrett Crouch, who is from Edmond, Oklahoma. Uh, during his first year in college, besides blogging, he's hoping to be involved in undergraduate research, the outing club, as well as club skiing when he has free time. And we just had a big snow. So I think that's possible for the first time this winter. Uh, Garrett enjoys reading sci-fi, listening to 90s rock, playing video games. And he is undecided um, about a potential major, which is a great thing to be as you move your way through your first couple of years. And Garrett graduated from Edmond Memorial High School. So hi, Garrett. Hi, Lee. How are you? I'm doing really well. It's, it's nice to have a pod in the middle of reading applications this week so that I can talk a little bit instead of just read. So um, it's nice to have you here, Garrett. Uh, Olivia Koo joined our class from Los Alamos, New Mexico. Olivia is hoping to study sociology, also on a pre-health track, and she's excited to supplement it with another area of study, whether it be music or something new. Olivia, I'm guessing, are you a musician? Um, yeah, I love to play music. I play piano and guitar. So nice, yeah. Awesome. And have you been able to do music during the first um, term at Dartmouth? Um, yeah, I'm actually in an acapella group right now, um, the Rockapellas. So nice. it's been a really good time. 
So was were you did you sing in high school or did you just discover singing now that you got here? Um, I never sang like in a choir. I always sang kind of for fun, but you know, the acapella audition process was open for everyone. So I thought I would shoot my shot and here we are. There you are. Okay. Well, maybe you can sing a little bit as we keep going. And our <laughs> our our uh fourth uh student is Batuhan Seridada from Istanbul, Turkey. He uh writes, um, he is the parent to two adorable cats, self-proclaimed coffee connoisseur, an aspiring polyglot, among other things. He's passionate about behavioral economics, sonic arts post-colonial literature, social media marketing, uh, and he has interest in the liberal arts study abroad, LGBTQ life on campus, international student experiences, and journalism. And his favorite thing right now is aromatherapy. Hey, Lee. Hey. For having me. <laughs> Welcome. What's your favorite smell? Um, It's right probably going to be like citrus-based smells nowadays. And do you have a roommate? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, you don't. So that doesn't matter what scent the roommate might like. Yes. So there are four students, and I wanted to start the four of you off with a little bit of a flashback. So let's kind of rewind all of our timelines to January, February of your junior year of high school. So it would have been early 2021. Uh, you're in Virginia, Turkey, New Mexico, and Oklahoma looking towards college but you haven't started to put anything together yet what do you remember about that moment two years ago were you excited nervous confused did you have were you well organized and you knew what was going to happen what what do you remember about that moment two years ago the first thing that sticks out to me is overwhelmed you're overwhelmed uh, definitely overwhelmed yeah why it just seemed like everyone around me kind of knew what their plans were after high school. And I had absolutely no idea. Yeah. But you knew you knew college was something that you wanted to pursue. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, you're all strong students. So as you were in your respective high schools, you know, college starts to become that thing where you don't really stop and say, am I going to college? You just kind mm -hmm. of, it's the next step after senior year for each of you. Um, but do the rest of you have a similar reaction to Garrett? Were you feeling overwhelmed uh, midway through junior year of high school? I think I was, um, I was, I did the international baccalaureate program. So I was really in the like kind of thick of, of uh, preparing for IB exams and papers and simultaneously though really you know, kind of unsure about what the future would hold, like what would, you know, just what would happen next. And um, there is just, I, I I think I was st starting to think, you know, starting the search process, not too um, deeply, but I, there were just so many um, kind of programs and universities that were interesting. So I just, just like you said, I just knew that I wanted to go to a great like university with a great program. Um, and actually really at that point, I don't think I even really knew what liberal, a liberal arts education entailed. So um, I think it was definitely a journey of just continually learning more. And as, as, you know, senior year came around and um, as we just led up to the application season. So it sounds like you might've been a little more chill. I was in a sense. Yeah. I had, I had some idea of like, I definitely wanted, um, you know, I was thinking of uh, some schools kind of in Virginia, in D.C., um, also thinking of some Ivy League schools. So I just had an idea, but I hadn't heavily researched okay. or anything like that. Which is, you know, for anyone listening, <clears throat> that's the right place to be. You know, the junior moment is very much the overture to your college search, it's not even act one. You're like, the music is just, to, to go to Olivia's musical talent, the 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 beginning of the score is just happening. We're not in it yet. Um, so how did you get started? Like each of you went to really different kinds of high schools. How did you begin to get organized and, and, and connected to that? What advice would you give a junior today about the beginning 
I think for me, the first step was deciding whether I wanted to go to college overseas mm -hmm. or stay in Turkey. And I was pretty set in stone about coming to college in the US or Canada. Um, so I just got to thinking about why I wanted to take that step and what like key features of the US college that was driving me mm -hmm. to literally switch eight time zones for college. Mm -hmm. uh, and I came to the conclusion that liberal arts or just like the flexibility of exploring different like types of academic departments was something for me. And I really wanted to take advantage of that. So that's where I started. I know I wanted to go to a college, but I just didn't know where I wanted to end up at the end. So it was just thinking about what I want for the next four years and just reflecting on it further. And then like towards the end of junior year, trying to create like a long list of colleges. Mm -hmm. So you knew pretty early, it sounds like that you US or Canada would be a destination if you could do it. Yes, I also did the IB program. So I definitely just co-signed Andrea's sentiments about IB. It was just a little intense over like January, February of junior year. Um, so that sort of prepared me to apply. And my school offers IB and the majority of kids at my high school also do IB. So contextually speaking, it was like the most expected decision for me to go to overseas for college. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just went along with that norm at my high school. Okay. And how about Olivia? What was happening at Los Alamos? Um, well, I would say that I would like to say that I was thinking about college and, um, <laughs> you know, junior year, but with COVID and like online schooling, um, it just wasn't really in my mind at the time. And I also found myself a little bit scared about thinking about college. Um, I definitely did not know what I wanted, like in the slightest, like, did I want to go to a big school or a small school? Did I want to go like to the East or the West Coast? Like it was all just very, um, like Garrett said before, pretty overwhelming. Um, but if I were to think about going through the process again, um, I think that spending a lot of time in junior year just doing things and then realizing or thinking about why you are doing the things that you are enjoying doing um, mm. really helped me kind of think about what I wanted out of a college and what I wanted out of that experience. Yep. Um, so the overwhelmed piece, I mean, two of you said that. Um, and I think that's pretty typical of a lot of students. When I've started doing programs in the last couple of weeks, this idea of I'm overwhelmed, I'm a little stressed, I don't know where to start seems to be what comes up a lot. Like what's the, you know, step one is this. My advice to students, as I said in the opening, is before you start to fill in the list of colleges, you have to really look at yourself and ask, not just who am I, but how, like a more um, purposeful question around curriculum, how, where do I do my best work? Um, big, small discussion, listening, you know, there are some huge places where you're one of many and you're listening to a lecture. There are other places like where we are, where smaller classes and you have to be able to talk and have a conversation with your professor. But as you each think about the beginning of your search, whether it was the junior winter or maybe even closer to your senior year in Andrea's case, what, like, how did you begin to wrap your arms around the exploration? I didn't really know if I wanted to end up at a small liberal arts college or a mid-sized college, but I definitely did know that I didn't want to be in a big, like large research university. I feel like I function well in an environment where there's just like less people and more attention towards each student and also just like a discussion-based curriculum. And since I wanted to explore the humanities and social sciences, that's just very important to me that I get to speak and that other people do too, so that yeah. we learn from each other as well. So I definitely knew what I didn't want, but I wasn't really sure about what I wanted. What, so what didn't you want? You didn't want big? I didn't want a big school where I would be just like one among the crowd. Mm -hmm. I wanted to feel valued at a college, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does make sense. So it's, I think that's a really important 
way of understanding how you do your best work. Like you see that conversational relational space as being something really important. Did any of the rest of you think about size at the beginning? Was that part of your, and you might've thought about it and shifted gears, but did you like start to explore? Yeah. Andrea's saying. <laughs> yes. I think for me, well, I didn't necessarily want a big school as well. I agree with Batuhan. Um, I honestly originally was thinking about a city school. You know, I was kind of, I felt like I vibed with that city energy more. And then during the pandemic, you know, that was really most of junior year, all of you junior year, um, I like actually really grew to like love nature. And so I am in the suburbs, I'm in a nice little pocket that I think has a great, like, you know, exposure to trails and and kind of more of the nature side. So that's when I started considering, I was like, oh, actually, this is really nice. Um, this is very you know, nature can just really help with with stress, with productivity, with just general, like, you know, just um, enjoyment um, of life. And so I, I, that's when I started considering, oh, let me, maybe I should go up north <laughs> to the college <laughs> that everyone says is in the middle of the mountains. So, so, um, so that's when I kind of broadened my um, idea of what could really be a better fit for me. Piggybacking off of um, Andrea, initially, I also felt like I fit in a sort of bigger university. Uh, the University of Oklahoma is 45 minutes from my house, 45 minutes north, and 20,000 students, I believe, is the size. And I felt like my high school especially feeds pretty directly into that school. And a lot of my friends were thinking about attending there. So I thought maybe that might be a good fit. But in retrospect, I don't think I realized how much I thrived in the sort of tight-knit environment. But after I toured the university is kind of when I realized that the bigger sort of campus wasn't going to fit my style. How much, Garrett, how much did you feel kind of the tide of, not peer pressure, but you said it's a pretty major feeder from your school to University of Oklahoma. Did you just kind of go with the flow initially and think, well, that's I I probably need to look there too because that's what we all do. Yeah, definitely. Uh in Edmond at my high school, it's either OU or OSU. So Oklahoma State University is uh like 45 minutes south and University of Oklahoma is like 45 minutes north. So it's like one or the other, kind of a kind of little rivalry going on. And um yeah, I guess coming in as a freshman, it's, are you an OSU fan or are you an OU fan? Which school are you going to? So yeah, like you said, I definitely felt that peer pressure to kind of, um, I don't know, at least explore both of those. Like those were definitely prevalent options, both of them. Yeah. But then you kind of shrugged it off. I mean, the, was it, so it sounds like the visit was maybe a moment of epiphany for you. Yeah. Walking around the campus and just, I think my tour guide might've said something like, I promise you with no doubt you will see someone new every day. And that kind of just blew me away. I, I, <laughs> I, I didn't, I don't know. I, I didn't want that. I knew didn't I didn't want that. want that. You wanted more, you wanted more of a community where you felt yeah. Like you knew the people. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But that's, you know, this conversation we're having is a really important part of the beginning because for a lot of the students probably haven't thought about this and you know, the idea of big is exciting in a lot of ways. I remember, I, I mean, it was decades ago, but when I was doing my college search, part of it was looking at journalism schools. And I remember going to Syracuse for an open house and it was in the Carrier Dome. And so, you know, this huge sports arena. And I sat there and thought, oh my God, I am like one little blip in this mm. big universe and i didn't like it it was kind of like you your reaction and i think to people listening this is part of the try things on and see what feels right and for some of us that's exciting it's perfect and for others it you have to own the truth that comes out around that reaction you're having and and scale yourself olivia what happened with you you were wrestling with east west kind of like how did you sort that out um yeah so funny story i guess um when i first began my search i had two priorities good food 
<laughs> and good weather. <laughs> so those are like my two main priorities because I wasn't sure what else I wanted. Um, like in terms of the size of a school, I loved like I love an energy of a large school and just knowing that things are happening around me. Um, I really wanted to look for that. And so like I wasn't sure whether a small liberal arts school would offer that for me. Um, what really got me into like the nitty gritty of it was realizing how much I needed both um, like the sciences and the arts um, in my education. Like I just could not imagine myself um, like leaning towards one way or the other, especially just an undergraduate education. So that was really my first step. Yeah. And that's another important moment of kind of assessment where you know, the program that each of us offers, I mean, whether it's liberal arts or maybe you apply to a university with a school of nursing, education, journalism, engineering, and you're more focused. And, you know, for our international listeners, that is more the norm than not. I mean, a liberal arts experience, this idea that you're going to explore is really uncommon outside the U.S. and Canada. And um, so, you know, you're coming out of high school needing to make a pretty immediate decision about, no, I'm going to this university to study this, and then I will be that. Um, does that sound familiar, Batu? Um, yes, it definitely <laughs> does. I think our first two years of high school, uh, we don't separate into the IB and the national curriculum. So like towards the end of like 10th grade, we're asked to decide whether we want to do the IB or not. And that's when a lot of people decide if they want to stay in Turkey. And most of those people generally just know what they want to study. And I change my major every other day. So <laughs> um, like yesterday, I was a government major. Today, I'm doing econ. Like okay. it changes all the time. And I love that freedom. And like, I'm glad that some of my friends know what they wanted to do. But just that was not me. And that's okay, too. And I was just up to like an exploration of a lot of fields to like feed into me as like a person or just like me as an intellectual thinker L the liberal arts definitely offer that so that really does sound really familiarly yeah so the ib kind of pulled you towards that was that true for andrea as well coming out of ib did you have a more interdisciplinary way of thinking about this oh oh definitely um i I kind of knew during throughout high school that I was interested in uh, medicine, pre-medical, the pre-medical route, but I also loved um, my theory of knowledge class that was all kind of more philosophical. I loved my IB literature classes um, because I've loved reading and just that in general. And then of course, I also had my cultural anthropology class. So it was definitely, IB was a great kind of mix and then a, a great segue into now when I um, I'm currently so happy that I I'm actually uh, doing a research internship that in the engineering in the Thayer School of Engineering, um, working on joint implants and improving, uh, you know, materials for them so that they're more successful in the orthopedic surgical world. And that is giving me some exposure that I can hopefully that will help me decide whether um, I want to really pursue the biomedical engineering major. Right. And then I'm also really enjoying my global health and society class. Um, and I love my writing five, which is just about food. We literally talk about food all the time. And so, and writing five is one of the first year um, required writing classes, but you get a choice of, you know, many, several topics to choose from. And so I honestly am just, I feel like, you know, a little kid, like in a playground, just <laughs> hopping from bar to bar, running off to do some engineering research, then writing a paper about food. So, yeah. Now, and that's like what you're all describing to juniors in high school is this idea of it's not just the name of the college. It's not just where the college is. It's what kind of classes, what, what requirements are going to be part of that experience. And for some of you, keeping it open-ended and flexible is really important. Um, for others, you might be like, no, I know I'm going to do computer science and I'm going to start doing it from the minute I get to college and I'm not looking back. Um, so I'm gonna, one of the things I always say this kids in high school is um, forget the major. Think about, are you a word person, a numbers person, a visual person, a systems person, analytical, logical, creative, more linear? Like, 
given that little menu I just said, what would what words jump out at for each of you about yourself? If you had to answer that question. I would say, I think honestly, a mixture of a word person, um, it, you know, I like, um, especially from the blog, just writing um, in general. And then I also like to kind of be a bit analytical and creative, you know, and get to explore um, and research new inventive ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. For me, I would say um, numbers and creativity, but for the numbers aspect, more so being creative or reading about numbers and not actually doing math. <laughs> so that's, so that's great. I love, as you were saying that I thought, so you like to play with numbers yeah, or maybe use the data, but not calculate the data. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're undecided uh, as you're thinking about what is that going to, is that part of this recipe? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm taking an intro computer science course right now, computer science one, and I really enjoy it, but I'm trying to keep my options open, possibly a modified major with something more um, humanities oriented, because like I said, I, I don't know if I could deal with the sheer amount of calculations involved in computer <laughs> science, but I do enjoy the creative aspects. So yeah, but those are like these, see, these are the really important self characteristics that you have to kind of map out um, and to give yourself permission to find a place that lets you do that. Because mm -hmm. um, some places don't. I mean, some places are much more buckle yourself in and here we go. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I remember um, a few of my friends, junior, senior year asking me like, what major are you going to apply as? Well, I think on my common app, when I realized Dartmouth didn't have a section where you apply to a major was something really, really important to me. It was like, oh, I, I don't have to apply as a major. I can kind of just go to the school and work my way through what I like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what, again, we're, we're lingering on this topic of program. I always say to juniors, there are three big P's that are part of this discovery phase. There's program, there's place, and then there's people. And then for a lot of us, there's price. Uh, which so there's a fourth P there, but the program that first one that we're talking about is all the things we're discussing. You know, size, size of class, what kind of distribution requirements or gen ed um, is someone going to have to take? Is it completely open? You know, you can take anything you want the whole way through, or there are some places that say, no, we're a great books curriculum, and you're going to read all the classics with no. Um, you know, no option to not. Um, and you might say, oh my God, that's great. Uh, so these are the kind of questions I think asking at the beginning make a lot of sense. Let's go to the place piece because we touched it a little bit. Um, how, how did you all think at the beginning about where your college list might be? I mean, did you, were you thinking it should be a city? Were you thinking you wanted, I mean, Andrea mentioned nature, but I don't know that that came up right away. Like how did place distance from home as well start to frame your thinking at the beginning? Yeah. So um, like I said, at the very beginning, you know, food and weather were some of my big choices. So um, like California was very attractive to me, just, you know, with the nice weather and, you know, the big variety of food. Um, but I found myself also just thinking that in the end place didn't matter as much to me like it wasn't as much of a priority as I thought it would be to my own well-being like I imagined myself going to a school in a city I imagined myself going to somewhere where you could just go, like, go to a beach every day um but you know that's a very big difference to where I eventually ended up <laughs> and I realized that it was adaptable and so I felt that for myself personally, place wasn't a deal breaker in any circumstance. So that's my take. Oh, that's interesting. Did anybody else have a shift on the place front? I think I echo Olivia in the sense that I also saw that I could pull off both, but it was more of a matter of like, not who I am, but who I want to be or like what I want to do next. 
Um, so I generally like started off as like a pretty city person, just like lived in Istanbul, bustling city. I'm used to it. I could just pull that off. It's my the comfort zone, if you will. Um, so I started off like that. And then I realized how important community is for me, at least in a college and colleges that are community based tend to be in rural or just suburban spaces. Uh, so my college was sort of shifted away from the city schools uh, into the more mid-sized rural or just like suburban schools, just for the sake of like community, just like having a college that cares about the community it fosters around itself. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you're describing a Venn diagram where you've got on the one hand, this interest in being um, an explorer across the curriculum and, and be able to choose things as they present themselves, but you've also got a very strong interest in community that brings you to geography. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. And it's a it's a good, like, I don't know if that visual helps people think about this, but, you know, you're layering these things on top of one another um, and see what places sit in that intersection um, before you get, you know, because you might say, I'll just use Dartmouth since that's where we are, like, you know, Dartmouth, I've, you know, I've heard of it. It's a great place. I must go there. It's like, pause. Like you have to first think about what, what, like what we represent may not be what you want. And that, that first step of mapping out for yourself, the things that matter, because I'm going to guess, but too, that you crossed some places off your list as you got going because they didn't meet your emerging goals. I think I remember my long list was like 60 colleges. Six, six, zero. Six, zero. Yes. Wow. (laughs) Uh, And then like, I ended up applying to like half of them. So like around. You applied to 30? Yeah. I applied to 34 (laughs) schools, Uh, 33 in the US, one in Canada, which is definitely not something I recommend anyone. Okay, good. Uh, It was just like (laughs) a little too much, but I think um, what I ended up doing was like, I just looked around just campus that, online tours because one COVID to I was just literally not in the US. Um, so just try to imagine myself like being a part of the community or the lack thereof. And then that sort of like just guided itself through the whole long list. So it was just very easy to cross off some schools. And I was debating over a couple of those and then just tried like saw a correlation of just rural mid-size uh schools like colleges universities uh that really resonated with me and applied to exactly 34 of them yeah (laughs) wow anybody else i mean (laughs) so we're on zoom and people are listening but i'm watching three other people shake their head as (laughs) as uh as they listen to that garrett you have that you have the most dramatic facial expression right now i applied to six schools six (laughs) yes how many did you start like rewind to the beginning did you did you consider 12 and cut it to six or did you um you know maybe my initial list might have been 10 oh so um, you're very focused yeah but i i knew like i just didn't have the willpower to fill out that many applications yeah. so i wanted to make sure um get a good solid i felt like six was a good number yeah that's it you're a throwback i applied to five but that's like prehistoric (laughs) (laughs) yeah um andrea olivia how about how many did you start with as you were like beginning this list making if i could go first um i actually think i increased my list as the application deadline grew closer Mm -hmm. um yeah i started off with like maybe like 13 ish schools and then like added on a couple um including dartmouth (laughs) So, yeah, um, I found that I hadn't researched enough as I was going through the process. And so as I was like writing these applications, I kind of had a clear idea, like based on the questions about like what I might want more. Um, And so then I gravitated naturally towards certain other schools and then I added them to my list. Well, you're raising a really important point, Olivia, about, you know, for the juniors who listen to this now there's a there you have moments all the way up to the deadline to continue to reframe reshape your list and that that later 
stage task, which you just described, like you're looking at an application, we each ask questions and those questions can be illuminating in and of themselves. Like, you know, what does it say to you about the, the institution that we're asking you to talk about something in this way? Um, so Andrea, what happened with you? You were... I started off with maybe like 18 to 20 that I was thinking of. And then it really just solidified to like 16. And um, it was definitely, I agree with Olivia's sentiment about researching. And so, yeah, I didn't want to just apply to like, just, I wasn't kind of just picking a school randomly and just deciding I was going to apply to it. I tried to put in, you know, some time um, to research each one and scour through the website and then especially the application questions were a great leader in, you know, in helping me decide, you know, if that if I felt like I connected with the with the college. And so I think I saw with many of the ones that I applied to um, and including Dartmouth, uh, there was an emphasis on wanting to know about our our kind of you know prospective students, our interests in. Uh, justice and um, social justice. And so I really um, related with that. You know, I think when we, I think just kind of going back to something you had said earlier about the snapshot of what we were doing during junior year, I was definitely trying to um, be involved in my community and in my school. And so I was, um, you know, I was in the, I was kind of, uh, planning out a club during junior year that I really saw the fruition of during most of my senior year, but it was about increasing the representation, um, diverse representation in the English curriculum at my school. And so, uh, so I just, I, I felt, you know, I had very deep feelings for social justice and many questions that I, you know, in, in the schools that I wanted to apply to many of the application questions kind of touched on that or um, more directly touched on that. And so that was a key factor for really streamlining my choices. Yeah. No, you, I, one of the questions I was planning to ask, it said climate and that was, I had DEI weather and location just as three exam because they're all different versions of that word. You know, Olivia's mentioned California from a meteorological way of thinking about climate. And that's important. Um, you know, when I recruit in Florida and people ask about, winter i said you know it's a thing like you have to be open to a campus in a different climate and if that makes you go no then cross this off the list like you know you can't there's no bubble like that but the social justice the dei component of a campus and, and more broadly the community that surrounds the campus are are other topics that students need to think about feel as you're exactly. moving through this yeah and if I can just add I think yeah. especially um when I was researching Dartmouth I was really happy to find out that there's a social impact center um that has um that offers so many opportunities um that I'm hoping to definitely try out very soon but so many opportunities to impact both the kind of upper valley area surrounding Dartmouth, but then also um, projects that we can do in our um, kind of back at home whenever we go uh, back for breaks. And and then of course, even abroad and um, just around the world. One of the questions I was going to ask all of you is knowing what you know now. So, you know, you're six months into college. Has that, like, if you, if I could drop you back two years is there an aha that you've had? Like, saying, oh, I wish I thought about this then that a junior might say, thank you. I will think about it now because you just gave me the tip to think like, or have you had any moments where you think, oh, this, this was lucky that this has worked out the way it has, but it could have been more intentional. If I could go back, I think I'd tell like junior Batohan to like, I could take a step back and just like slow down a little. Uh, I think I was putting just like too much pressure on myself to like figure things out because this isn't what I'm used to. Like, like in the system I grew up in education wise, you were supposed to sort of know what you want to study and work towards that, like your high school years, basically. So like not knowing sort of induced that anxiety. It was almost self-induced in the, in the sense that no one really told me 
why do you not know what you want to study? It was just like me getting anxious over things. Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely now see like six months in college that things are a lot more chill uh, than I thought they'd be. Mm -hmm. I think I'm having a blast in terms of just academics, just studying what I want and just like trying like trying new things and saying yes to new opportunities more than ever. And that's very antithetical to my high school experience where it was more working towards a certain goal and with like set boundaries that aren't really just reflective of how multifaceted of an individual I am. So like college is definitely not that. So I definitely just sort of like first hug junior Batuhan and go, it's going to be okay. And then these admissions officers have been doing this job for a very long time and they'll see through if you will be a good fit at a school, like at a school, X, Y, Z. It doesn't have to be Dartmouth. It doesn't have to be any of the other 34 schools. Uh, someone will see that you'll thrive at their institution and they'll go for you. And then you will go for one of those offers. So things are going to be fine. Uh, it's going to work out somewhere or another. I definitely just say that to myself. Yeah. Olivia, what would you tell Olivia 2021? <laughs> um, <laughs> I would probably tell her to look more closely at required classes oh. um, for different school curriculums. Um, I didn't think it'd be as much of a big deal as it was, but I think that, you know, I feel both lucky and, um kind of taken aback by like the language requirements here um having to take three terms of a of a language um outright or you know i've been, been like looking at you know other distributive requirements and it's also it's very exciting to look at but it's also something to consider if you yeah. want to if there's like a different a different goal in what you are looking for in terms of your education um i also feel very lucky that i ended up at a smaller college um I find that I've like talked to people who have gone to like large universities and the just the thousands of students in one class and I am very thankful that I am in a place where you're paid attention to so mm -hmm. those are the two things that I would tell um past me to kind of focus on <laughs> when looking for a college because she did not know what to research or why so yeah. yeah yeah and olivia i think you've just given really good advice about what is one of the most overlooked pieces of a college during a search and that is the general education requirements so they're called different things on different campuses we call them distributives um, but the general gist of it is what do you need to do to earn the degree beyond the major and you know there I, I used to work at tufts and um, you think three terms is challenging. Tufts had a sixth semester foreign language requirement. And there were many students in the time I was there that would say to me, wow, I was like, if that doesn't seem like your cup of tea, you need to own that now. Because this global piece, this idea that you, we want you to be fluent in a language besides English is legit. And, and I think a lot of people didn't give it any thought. They focused on the college's name and the vibe without dialing into, you know, another one that would trip some of the humanities because it's like, could these two quantitative courses like you do. And my niece was there and she waited until her senior spring. I said, that's not going to end well. <laughs> but, you know, it was, it was that awareness of what are the requirements. Garrett, what, what would you tell yourself? Uh, piggybacking off of Olivia, when she said, realize that you're that you want to go somewhere where you're paid attention to that, that definitely stuck out to me. I think junior year, Garrett, I would sit him down and say, you want to go to a school where you have the opportunity to take your professor out to lunch. So yeah, definitely um, the personalization aspect that that was very important to me. Um, subconsciously, I feel like Andrea. Yes. Well, I agree with Garrett about taking your teacher out to lunch. And um, and I also agree with Olivia about really trying to look into some of the details that can be kind of easily glossed over. Um, 
like one specific thing I think of is um, Dartmouth's Deep Plan, where it's a great opportunity to, um, it offers great opportunities to kind of be off campus for some time off terms where you can do research or really anything. But it also means that we have 10 week terms instead of semesters. And so the 10 week term can go by very fast. And I think I'm definitely having a much um, better experience, um, kind of understand it more this term being my second term, but first term, it was an adjustment um, to really, you know, get my head around um, with kind of just speeding through um, having, a you know, midterms by week three and four. And so I think to my junior yourself, I would say, yeah, think about the personal notes, as Garrett said, um, kind of fine tune the research a bit more. I mean, you can do that a bit closer to senior year as well. Um, but I would, I would agree with both of those sentiments. Yeah. yeah. So let me change, as, as we get close to the end, let me bring up another shadow that hovers over a lot of college searches and that, that shadow comes from a parent or a guardian. And as you're taking stock of your college opportunity and what matters to you, what let's talk about parents, because parents have opinions. And uh yeah, you're you're all smiling as I said that. And how what advice would you give juniors um who are just starting their college search about how to include a mom, dad, guardian in this process? when and when 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 do you say this is mine let me do it like what what parental wisdom do you have i think being open about price is quite important at least on the upfront yeah um i've heard like i've had a couple hmm. peers who like have had experiences where they really wanted to go to a school and then once they got in um their parents didn't let them because of the price of uh, price range. Um, so I think having that conversation early is very paramount. Yeah, good. That's really good advice. Um, we'll have a whole episode on that um, in a couple of weeks. But the that uncomfortable conversation about cost, what we can afford, um, which colleges will meet my need, and which ones can't, and where does that factor into you? You can feel it, but if you can't afford it, it's a problem. So that, that's good advice, Olivia. How about parents who, you know, they want what's best for you, but they, maybe they get in the way a little bit as you're trying to get your own bearings. Do any of you have that experience or witness it with the friends? Well, I would say for me, I had a bit of a different um coming from a different background, you know, that I'm sure many can relate to where um, mm -hmm. my parents are immigrants. Um, you know, we immigrated to this country when I was three and they didn't really know how the college system worked really. Um, and so a lot of times I relied on um, my college and career counselor at my high school and I found her to be such a great resource. Um, but my parents did come in when I would kind of, um, you know, maybe ask them to read an essay. And with that, though, I would say, you know, I definitely heard sometimes some people saying, well, or heard some stories of like some people just kind of um, putting on a lot of responsibility, I guess, I would say maybe to giving parents some responsibility when it comes to essays, which is really not the way to go. Like, I think um, I, I loved when my parents would get, kind of just give me feedback on, oh, this sounds like you. Like, you know, they'd read it and try to hear, see if my voice was in there. And then they'd, you know, give me some grammatical edits. <laughs> but um, that was kind of as far as that went. And so I, I definitely felt like I had a lot of autonomy with my um, application process and um, you know, I was figuring it, we were really figuring it out together. I was the eldest daughter, as you mentioned. Um, and so we were just figuring it out. Um, you know, I think we, we went to a few, um, kind of meetings together, like meetings meant for both students and parents. And then it's also really great to 
kind of, you know, try to become responsible and independent through the journey as well. You know, send your own emails, even if you're a bit unsure, you know, a bit um, kind of scared um, and reach out, ask for help. um, And, you know, kind of, it's great. It's a great time to learn how to become more independent as well. The application process. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I think sitting down with your parents and talking about what you both want out of the process is really important, but that independence that you gain from the whole app, like manual application process by yourself is really, really critical. I think. I was just going to add to what Andrea brought up. I also, I'm not first generation, but I'm the first in my family to have ever been in the U S let alone go to college in the U S. So neither of my parents know English I was just very much alone in things most of the time. So that can get a little stress, just like that can induce a lot of stress at times. So what I found that works best for like anyone who's going through something similar is just like explaining in a very plain way what's going on because parents also have common sense so they can help you with (laughs) stuff like that. So like even if they don't get to read your essays or just like like take part in your application process, they can still sort of resonate with what you're going through because chances are when you go to college you're not going to be with them as often so you'd want to include them in the process as much as you can uh, realistically uh so i just like we had a lot of nights where i was like okay this is what sat is this is where i apply to college this is what early application is just like laying things down it's like college app 101 uh and i found that they're they were very willing to take part in the process and support me in any way they could and that was enough for me uh so they were never really pushy and they sort of like trusted like my intuition with things and just the fact that I was trying my best and just seeing what happens um so that was just like really empowering so I'd suggest anyone who's in a similar situation to just like try to include them with intentionality awesome you know, Garrett, Olivia, Batu, and Andrea, it, it's I really appreciate the the perspectives you brought to this conversation with juniors who are at the starting line of a college search that's going to go for the next eighteen months or so. So, thanks so much. That conversation is one of those evergreen topics where I think five years from now I can listen to the four of them reflect on their individual selfies and the decisions they made and how things shifted and it will still be true. So I hope you heard yourself in the way the four of them from really different places and really different backgrounds thought about college as high school students and how college itself was animated in the way they they keep thinking about the place and how it matters to them. And for each of you, that's this moment. Doesn't have to happen today. Doesn't have to be done in a month. But this ongoing conversation through the prism of your own lens, that existential selfie is something you need to carry with you until you make your final decision on May 1st, 2025. For now, this is Lee Kaufman from Dartmouth College. Thanks for listening. (music) 